0: What I can say for sure, you can change out, and this team has success down the road, is you need to take a bunch of the players that are on this team and get them off of this team, and then bring in a bunch of new players that are better. Welcome into the Hot Read podcast for Monday, November the 20th. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, director of published content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. You can follow me on social media at Easton Freeze. I'm joined, as always, by producer JT, who you can follow on social media at JT underscore Runky. JT, I was sitting here prepping the show, and you text me, Easton, uh, I'm not trying to rush you, but the mob is at our doorstep. There were plenty of you in the comments raring to go as soon as the afternoon window of games ended when we promised we would start here we are are you ready for today's episode jt
1: yeah like like i was saying we never we didn't put a a exact timestamp on today's episode, you know, um, but I put it at six 45. Cause it's like the games will be over around ish yep. that time, you know? And then right. I, I hop in at like six 45 ish and they're the, the mob, the masses like, <laughs> like are storming the castle, you know, with, with <laughs> flame and torches and pick uh, pitchforks right now. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to uh, kind of, devise- are you excited? I, I mean, <laughs> I I'm always excited, you know, okay, okay. <laughs> I,
0: you root for the chaos in life, so I understand I do, that a little yes. bit, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, today we'll have plenty of chaos. We're of course recapping Titans Bengals was a
1: Titans Jags.
0: Uh, that sorry Titans Jags, uh, wrong cat. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a beatdown. It was it was not close. It was gross. It was, uh, I would say, the worst game of the the Titans season. But that Browns game still did happen. Um, So not quite the worst, but right up there in that class. And I know a lot of you have a lot of thoughts on what this team needs to do in the comments. Kyle, Derek, Joey, D. Good, uh, Evan, AJ, all uh, Jordan, Kenneth already in here. um, Getting ready for today's show, sharing your thoughts. We really appreciate Kenneth. He already knows he's he's a fan of the show. For long enough to know what's about to happen, he said Easton's going to be the Jon Snow meme, drawing the lone sword against the stampede for Rab- Rabel's head. That's, the, that's essentially what today's episode is. And we're not going to spend a ton of time on today's episode. Um, I say that a lot, but genuinely today, there's not a whole lot to discuss. Um, but we, we'll get to as many of your comments, questions, thoughts on today's game as humanly possible. So keep those coming. If you want to be a part of that conversation and joining us live today via TikTok, I say TikTok, Twitter or Facebook. If you're on those two places where we're also live right now, leave those places, go to YouTube, um, search Broadway sports media on YouTube, find this live stream on the Broadway sports media, YouTube page. And in the comment section of that live stream, so you'll be able to be a part of today's conversation and join in on the fun that we're about to have discussing this Titans team. Got to shout out our wonderful and amazing sponsors over at Boom Boss Crowd Pizza and Tap House. They do awesome work making pizzas and providing great selections of beer for you on tap. We love it there. We're there every single Thursday, except for when that Thursday happens to be Thanksgiving like this week. They'll be closed. We'll be with our families. But after that, I don't think there's a single Thursday the rest of the year all the way to the Super Bowl, JT, that you and I won't be there live on Thursday night. Before Thursday Night Football, discussing the Titans, previewing that week of games, and it is a great time. We'd love for you to come and hang out with us, watch our show, and then watch the game that evening at the bar like we always do. We hang out with whoever is there. So we'd love for you to come and grab a bite and hang out with us at Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House. Check out a location near you. All right, let's discuss the game that was today, Titans Get Trounced, 34-14. to by the Jaguars in Jacksonville. They are now three and seven on the year, three and 14 in their last 17 games, uh, a full season sample size there. Oh, and three on this road trip, they lost on the road to the Steelers on Thursday night football, and then lost both of their Florida games. JT that statistic we've been parroting the last two weeks, which again, it's just a st- like, it's not an opinion. It's a statistics. We were putting it out there. The Titans doing yeoman's work, making that number not mean anything any longer. They are doing their part to make that um, regress back to the mean. And so they lose both of their games in Florida. Oh, and three on that road trip. Oh, and seven away from home so far this year. And they've also lost five of their last six games. I'm trying to remember who, what was the one win? Oh, the Atlanta game. The Atlanta game was their one win in there. Uh, that was fun. Remember that game, Get that game, everybody. Um, oh, how far we have come. And with the Rams win today over the Seahawks, which for the best bet gauntlet had me screaming, jumping up and down, um, avoiding pulling my hair out and going crazy this afternoon. Uh, they won over the Seahawks, the Rams did. And so the Titans now sit at sixth overall in the projected draft order this year. Teams ahead of them, the Panthers, the Cardinals, the Patriots, the Bears, and the Giants. What was just up there? I missed it. What, it, was, it, was
1: a, it was, a you know, just giving the Boombaz plug, you know. Uh, we love that, Kenneth. Yeah,
0: great place to go drown the Titans losing sorrows or uh, celebrate the ongoing take. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, I support that message. But yeah, the Titans keep inching their way up that projected draft board. And as long as they continue to lose, they're continuing to rise up and up and up. And they play one of those teams next week. And so it'll be a uh, one of, if not our first tank bowl of the season next week between the Titans and the Panthers at home. We'll be interesting to talk about that one later in the week. Uh, Just a disclaimer while I'm while I'm thinking about it, by the way, because it's Thanksgiving week, kind of put it out there for folks. We are talking Titans today. We are not going to force Titans discussion on you midweek like we typically do. You're going to be with your families. It's going to be Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. And we want to get back to what is fun on this show. And what is fun for us is winning money via betting. And with the Thanksgiving slate, JT, we get a bonus game this year for our Thanksgiving special episode because they got the Black Friday game. So we've got four games. I'm, I'm, I've made the executive decision. I'm I'm looping that in. We've got those four games to pick from. And on Wednesday, we're going to have our second ever Thanksgiving betting special episode of the Hot Read podcast. It's a best bet gauntlet Thanksgiving episode last year. I believe we went 11 and 7 and won four units on Thanksgiving. Looking to do that again this year and bolster our best bet gauntlet overall standings for the season. So can't wait to discuss all things betting on Wednesday and no things Titans on Wednesday. That'll be a nice little reprieve. And we will be back on Friday, I believe. On Black Friday, we'll be discussing the Titans and the Panthers. So that's our schedule for the week. Now back to this game. Some statistics that I feel are necessary to run through here. Uh, the Titans were outgained or outdone in pretty much every statistical category in this game, as one might imagine. The Jaguars outpossessed them 36 minutes to 23 minutes, doubled their first downs, um, had a better third and fourth down efficiency. Or excuse me, not better fourth down efficiencies. The Titans were one for one, but we'll talk about this in a minute. The Jaguars went three for four on fourth downs. The Titans should have at least attempted two fourth downs. One could very easily argue they should have attempted three fourth down conversions and they chose to punt on both of those giving the Jaguars drives where they went and scored on both of those possessions um the Jaguars total yards of offense losing the here we go here we go no that's passing yards I lost the number JT can you can you pull this up for me I'm totally yes I got you I'm looking at the wrong thing here okay I thought it was in my notes it's not my notes um I want I want to detail the total yards of offense because that's pretty staggering. But um, another number that I think is is meaningful in this game and wasn't the difference in the game, but largely could have been the difference in the game, depending on if, if this hadn't gone this way, things probably would have gone a little bit differently. 14 points the Titans allowed on turnovers to the Jaguars. As Mike Gribble put it in the post game, they're not in a position as a team to be able to do that. And win ball games, they simply cannot do that. They gave up again 14 points to a Jaguars team that coming into this game were only plus one internal turnover differential so far this season. JT, what was the yardage differential for me? Uh,
1: the yardage, the total yardage differential today was uh 389 for the Jacksonville Jaguars to 235 for the Tennessee Titans.
0: Thank you, yeah. So it was it was a sloppy day, penalties wise, the Titans as well, seven for 66 uh, for the Titans as the Jaguars only, uh, gave up four penalties for 29 yards and one more number. I'd, I'd like you to find me JT. What was the total yardage and number of sacks on Will Levis today? I think that's,
1: important um, to, to pair. actually, honestly, not, not terrible. Two for 15 today. Okay. So. Two for
0: 15. Yeah. So uh, we'll have the pressure number out tomorrow and that will tell more of the tale because, um, he certainly was pressured on the majority mm-hmm. of his dropbacks today. He had a, lackluster day, but again, really not super his fault, right? 13 for 17, 158 yards, 9.3 yards on average, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. And like you said, two sacks for 15 yards. Um, The number one thing the Titans are doing right now, and this is one of my main points, and I don't really, it's not a lot to elaborate on, but it's just the, the truth. That the Titans continuing to make meaningful evaluations of Will Levis impossible because of the way that they're playing these games and, and how they're just crumbling around him. It remains the most infuriating, unforgivable, unacceptable thing that they're doing right now, and it's really not close, right? That is the number one thing that they're doing right now that is is instilling rage in my heart, making me infuriated with every passing minute that I have to sit and watch this team trying to figure out what they have, and a guy that could be their future franchise quarterback, and they just can't, put things around him to give him a fair shot because again today the numbers are lackluster but he no one's pointing to him and saying he's the reason the Titans lost this game of course not he's at the very 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 bottom of the list of reasons why it was everything around him being a complete utter disaster and we're going to discuss some of that here in a minute but um, that's a really big deal and it's really really frustrating another number for you by the way if you felt like the Titans I mean talk about not giving Will Levis a chance to do anything he didn't run many plays. The Jaguars had 69 nice offensive p- plays today. Uh, they ran 69 plays. The, the Titans only ran 38, right? So so literally doubled up the number of offensive plays. The Jaguars not only did a great job of scoring, but they did a fantastic job of marching up and down the field, burning clock, especially in that second half, not giving the Titans many possessions, many chances to come back in the game, really snuffing them out. Um, and that's a credit to them, but the Titans defense... I mean, a lot of talk this past week about what the Titans defense has and hasn't been this season, JT. We can, I think, pretty firmly say that in this game, the offense was not off the hook by any means. But the defense did not do enough in this game for the Titans to win. You can't allow 34 points, and you can't uh, really it – was, it was more than the total points and 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 in the sense that it felt like every time the Jaguars had the ball, if they wanted to get to the end zone, they could. They really didn't provide any resistance. And that's why we can talk about the fourth downs here. Two fourth and one situations in their own territory, granted, for the Titans. Mike Vrabel on both instances, down multiple touchdowns at the time, choosing to punt the ball away with Ryan Stonehouse and not go for it. Stupid, dumb, cowardly decision, playing not to lose. Really, really stupid. You're down multiple touchdowns. You've got nothing to lose as a team. You need to win this game to make your playoff chances. Um, really reason, like reasonably viable this season. Um, and so you needed to lay it all out there and play like you had nothing to lose because you did have nothing to lose and they continued to give the ball back to the the Jaguars. What made it even more frustrating was not only were they choosing to give the ball back to the Jaguars in a cowardly way and uh, playing not to lose way, but they were doing it after the Jaguars had already shown proven. That they were going to move the ball relatively easily against your defense, in particular against your secondary. That they were going to score points if you gave them back the ball, like that. That was a likelihood, and in both instances, they did. I don't remember if it was ten points on those two punts or fourteen points. Either way, I know they got at least one touchdown, and they scored on both instances. So, a, a bad look, a, a bad decision from Mike Vrabel, reflective of an uh, our like an, out, an outdated philosophy. And I get, I, I get it. I understand from his perspective. This offense has given him no reason, no reason to have any faith in them to convert. And he's not wanting to give the Jacksonville offense back the ball in such great situation and, and put his defense in such a bad situation, right? I get that, but situationally the circumstances dictate there. You you, you can't do that. And I know that pretty much everybody watching was frustrated by those decisions. I want to shout out a thought to try to try to, get all of this in into a, a 10,000 foot view here for us and kind of wrap it all up before we turn to the comments. Our buddy Stony, friend of the show, viewer of the show, uh repeat guest on the show, Stony Keely, fantastic work. Free shout for him. Sobros network, go check out his stuff. He tweeted earlier today and I felt like this was greatly encapsulating where this Titans team is right now. He said the Titans have two glaring weaknesses the teams are going to key in on until they get better. One is allowing pressure on the quarterback. The Titans are doing that with regularity. And number two is allowing explosives on defense. The Titans defense is allowing you to get chunk plays on a drive by drive basis. This is going to be every game until teams are proven otherwise, until the Titans prove that they can't do that to them, adjusting expectations and maybe going for a walk instead of watching is a good idea. According to Stoney in his tweet which I completely understand. And so folks are going to reasonably be frustrated and angry about this and demand change, right? That's where we are right now. It's the Titans have to change something. Something has to change. This is the mobs call. This is their cry right now. And it's reasonable. and It's understandable. And as we talked about last week, the natural cycle of fanhood mobs, a fandom mob, uh, uh, hunting down the, the Frankenstein in their town is one of three, individuals in an NFL franchise. It is your head coach, your quarterback or your GM. The Titans just recently switched off their quarterback. You can't come after Ryan Tannehill any longer. And Will Levis doesn't deserve to be come after even by the most irrational Titans fan right now. I'm not seeing anybody. Luckily JT so far, maybe I'm sure this will change because people are crazy. I'm not seeing anybody saying Levis is the problem here. So it's not Levis can't come after the quarterback can't come after the GM because Rand's been here for 10 seconds. He had SpongeBob's what was potato chip, Lint and a paperclip to work with this past offseason was very hamstrung in terms of the assets and money at his disposal, and what he did with what he had has been fine. It's been, it's been ups and downs, but it's it's been largely fine. Uh, so that leaves the head coach, right? That leaves Mike Vrabel, and that's of course where folks are right now. They are calling for his job loudly, louder than it's ever been for Mike Vrabel. He was even asked about it in his post game press conference by somebody else in the media pool today. And that's where we're are. That's where we are. Um, and I know a lot of we're about to discuss all of it in the comments. I know a lot of you disagree with me on this. And so we can have that discussion now. But but I want to put out my initial thought, my opening statement on this. Right. And then we can have that discussion. This cry that something has to change. I agree. Something has to change. Something has to change. You know what has to change with this team for them to get better, JT? Some would argue it needs to be Mike Vrabel. And maybe that's the case. Maybe. We, we can't say for sure you change out Mike Vrabel and down the road this team has success. What I can say for sure you can change out and this team has success down the road is you need to take a bunch of the players that are on this team and get them off of this team and then bring in a bunch of new players that are better to play on this team. Like that. That's That's the change that has to be made. You need a bunch of new guys. And I want us to visualize two levers, right? Like maybe like on a soundboard, like a dial, you go up and down one way, high or low, like a thermometer, a temperature gauge, right? And you have coaching and you have player personnel execution, right? They both are down here right now. I don't think anybody's disagreeing with that. They're both not doing well. They're both turned down real low. Theoretically, you can change Mike Brabel, coaching down here low into whatever your personal um idea of the perfect coach for this Titans team right now the the guy that would get the most juice out of the squeeze with this current situation okay so we turn that coaching dial up all the way we get that best guy in there and you've still got what you've got player personnel what's the increase is it 25 percent better team 30 percent better performance like what how much more are you getting out of this squad Okay, it's, it's marginal, but it's some. right? Okay, so let's turn coaching back down. It's still variable. You still got variable, but you turn the player personnel execution dial all the way up, right? You get rid of the bums on this team. You add a bunch of guys that can ball. What's the ceiling there? It's 300, 400, 500% better than what the Titans are currently doing. Like, that's the solution. You've got to get new guys, and as I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna force everybody to listen to me, parrot all of the th- things that I said about Mike Vrabel and his hot seat last week. But I'm here to tell you, all of those thoughts I had then they still apply now. Now maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Mike Vrabel is not a great coach. I, I, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again. What I'm going to say though is, this situation is not coaching right now. This situation is this roster, plainly and obviously, sucks. And I've had some folks push back on me, like this. This team's three and fourteen in their last seventeen games. They're not that bad. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Like, look, look. Use your eyeballs. Watch. They are so clearly and obviously that bad. Now, am I saying that everybody on the team is that is this? No, of course there are some really good players on this team, really, really good. But football is a, a team sport. It requires twenty two individuals on either side of the ball and specialists in order for you to not have any holes that other teams can exploit. And this Titans team. While they're not terrible top to bottom, the quantity and quality of the holes on their roster are thus that they have real issues each and every week that they aren't going to really get this ship to sail. It's going to sink like they've got too many cannonball gouges in the side of their ship of such a diameter that teams are running right through them. teams are thrown right through them. Teams are defending them with ease. Teams are scoring so many more points than them, and it's not that difficult. Like, that's where this team is at right now, and that is a player personnel execution situation. And because of that, Mike Vrabel, who is a solid, good coach at worst, as demonstrated by the six years he's been here. Like, we've, like, don't be a prisoner of the moment. Try to take your fan brain hat off for a minute and look at what he's done. Okay, he came in. Adopt, uh, inherited a a Titans team that had nine wins, had two consecutive nine win seasons after that. I think everybody agreed in those seasons. He was doing some, he's doing more with less in those seasons, right? Some of those Marcus teams were tough, but they won nine games. Then he had two really good seasons. What was it? 11 and 12 wins the next two seasons and won the division twice. And then now he's on a last season started out really strong, fell apart down the back half of the stretch, largely due to injuries and lack of talent. And then this season, he's having a downright bad season with a downright bad roster, right? So taking his career, that whole thing, as the, the whole of its parts, the sum of its parts, he is a, at worst, solid to good coach, right? That's really hard to come by in the NFL. Can you do better? Sure, you can do better. Sure, you can. Are you going to if you fire him and, and go hire somebody else? Ben Johnson being thrown around. And listen, I love Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator for the, the Lions. See, dude's a baller. I'm, I'm looking forward to him getting a head coaching opportunity. I like what he's doing. But if you want to look at his resume right now as a, as a coordinator, as a play caller, it's practically a carbon copy of one Mr. Adam Gase. And we saw how that turned out. That's just one of thousands of instances, thousands of, of, of uh, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Examples. There we go, Easton. Examples that I can point to and say the grass is so, so, so often not greener on the other side with head coaching, You got to play the numbers here. And Mike Vrabel is a good coach. That is why I'm not saying he's untouchable. I'm not saying he's infallible. I, I started the show today, JT, did I not saying that he, that was very bad. He did some bad things. It's inexcusable. Ba- I, I'm frustrated, Like there's, this is the binary. We're always talking about how the internet forces binaries on us and tries to convince our brains, our malleable little monkey brains, that it's one thing or another it's X's or O's it's O's and ones, right? In reality, it's, 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 there's a gray area and the binary of the week right now for Titans fans is, well, you either with coaching in the NFL, it's either you're, you're happy with the guy and you're cheering him on. You're like, this guy rocks, or he needs to be fired. It's one of those, either he's doing well, or he needs to be unemployed. Like that's the binary that's being pushed on us right now. I don't understand this idea that you can't criticize a coach, like really heavily, be really frustrated with what he's doing in certain situ- situations and also recognize I don't think firing this guy is best for the long term to near term future of this franchise. That's that's where I'm at with this team with the, with this guy. And I have more thoughts, but I, I know folks have been just peppering me in the comments. Should we go one by one here and discuss what what the folks have to say? And I'm not I'm not here. I'm gonna try my best today not to tell you that you're wrong and you're stupid. Now you might be wrong and stupid. I don't know what you've had to say, but if your general opinion is that you think Mike Vrabel is not the best case for this team. I'm not saying that's a crazy like there's there's a there's an argument there. I just don't think it's the winning one. It's just my opinion. That's all. So let's go through them, JT.
1: Yeah, let, let's go through these. I'm going to do my best as the the hive mind is shooting out opinions left <laughs> you can and right moderate for us. Thank yes, you. Yes, I'll be it. I'll be the moderator in this debate, this one sided at least picture debate here. Um,
0: there's more of them, but it's also my is. show. So it's like it's, the you know, it balances out.
1: Um, and so we'll go for first one here. Kind of from what you were saying, Joey Turner says every player on this defense outside of Simmons tart and Al Shire for the most part could be cut tomorrow and no one would notice. Oh, yeah. I think that's a little <laughs> that's, strong, but it, it's, the idea so it's is very
0: strong, Joey. And he knows it too. The,
1: the you got idea got a very
0: good punter. You got a very good kicker. You've got a, you've got some great well, on the, on,
1: on the defense. He said.
0: Oh, he's saying just on defense. Yes. Oh,
1: okay. Hang on now. Who are the three? He said, he said Simmons, uh,
0: Tartt, Al-Shair, and Alshair. Yeah, yeah. no, that's, that's, that's not true. I mean, you, it's, so it's, I'm with you now. It's a little strong. I get what he's saying though, in terms of the impact player element of things. Um, there've not been a lot of impact players recently. So like, I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and push back on you there, Joey, that, that the defense in in particular today did not do enough.
1: Yeah. And, and, and D good comes in and says, when are we going to have a serious conversation about firing someone? The bills oh, did it and on. their Thank offense you. looked okay. pretty good are, today. This,
0: I mean, this is some on paper research right here. This is a D goods, either being a troll or he did like, he didn't watch the games. That's you cannot point to what the bills. First of all, the bill, Ken Dorsey, everybody agreed before today. He was a scapegoat, right? Like that. He was not the issue there. They fire him today. And I, who's the, the name? Uh, the Joe Brady. Joe Brady takes over, right? Today, they played the Jets, a defense that is good, don't get me wrong, but an offense that can't do anything. And against a team like the Bills that's just going to offensively overpower you, that was a pretty predictable result. We predicted it in the best bet gauntlet. Like, that was not going to be that close of a game. And the Bills are high-powered. They have players that are good, and they got great field position multiple times today. That is that's a ridiculous, that's a ridiculous comparison. I'm not saying that that means the Titans should never fire anybody, but that's, that's a silly way of, of putting it. We are talking today if, if, to your original question. When are we going to talk about it? We're talking about it today. Who should be fired when, who, and where. Now I think he's alluding to the coordinators, right? Because that's a lot of the talk you hear about today is like my friend, well, he didn't even hire good coordinators. Pause. He has two coordinate former coordinators who are both head coaches in the NFL. Currently that that's number one, number two, uh, his current defensive coordinator, Shane Bowen, was a bum at first when he had bad players. And then there was an off season where all of you all called for his head incessantly for months. And Mike Ribble essentially at the podium said, no, it's not the coaching. It's the players. I'm banking on that. And then went out and got a bunch of new defensive players. And then suddenly for two years, oh, oh we like Shane Bowen. Look, he's turned it around. He's got it figured it out now that he's got some decent players. Crazy how that works, right? This season not a, not a ton to defend. Like there's some real confusion with what he's doing. Um, like I, 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 totally get wondering, is he maybe not great? Like there there's, there's something to that. I think just be, but again, it's one season he's coming off of two and a half, three years now where you were, you were content with him and the product he was putting out there. He's has a down year with the secondary that I don't think any of us would deny is very bad, right? Like this secondary is very, very bad. And they're playing very, very bad. I think it's the defensive front that people are like, okay, what's the deal? Like you need to get more out of those guys. That's a fair criticism. That's a fair critique. I'm with you on that. Ackerman, everybody agrees is a bum. Like this is not new. Like this is this is. I totally. I'm with you. He should he should have fired him years ago. Ackerman's no good. He does less with more consistently on the special team side of things. Ooh, oh, Tim Kelly. If y'all are coming for Tim Kelly, as, a, as a, if you're using Tim Kelly as a reason why you're you're trying to prove Vrabel hires bad coordinators and should go. No, man. No. Tim Kelly's doing the things. We're, we've said this last week. It's not Tim Kelly. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not Tim Kelly. He is doing the best with what he can do. Okay. So, like, relax on Tim Kelly. That's a bad take. Um, I won't dive into that rabbit hole because we'd be here for another 30 minutes. But but yeah, what's the next comment we have, J. Uh
1: yeah, next one, this is kind of a part from two different people kind of saying the same thing here. Okay, kind of kind of to what you're saying both sides of the ball, the reason why these coordinators can't really do this is because uh, as Kyle says, this is what happens when your GM whiffs on the entire draft Absolutely, three Kyle. straight years. Yep. Um, and, and then uh, AJ also chimes in here saying so much sludge needs to be clean. Hopefully, Ryan has a plan and knows how to evaluate talent because the last guy did not
0: Hmm. yeah i mean i yes yeah that's i agree with both of those things next next comment
1: (laughs) good (laughs) Um, takes good takes boys Yeah, And, and then uh joey is in here again saying not upset with the loss expected the loss basically wanted to lose for the tank but man, can we at least look decent in losing? They looked awful all around. <laughs> around the league, so many teams move the ball, make explosive plays on both sides of the ball, have their hiccups, but can go play ball week in and week out. These Titans make the game look so hard. And I agree with him because when when you get down to it, the only reason that the the Titans scored today was on two trick plays that, mm-hmm. that you should not have to rely on <laughs> to move the ball more than five seconds. I, right. I don't think like, I don't think I actually tweeted this, but I thought about it many times because I was going to, and then all of a sudden, Will Levis actually threw it downfield. But I swear to God, I did not see Will Levis from like the the middle of the first quarter to like the right. end of the third quarter throw yep. the ball five yards downfield to it. it no, was, he, 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 did. he it didn't. It was have a constantly, chance to. Um, yeah, it was constantly screen passes and, and trying to move that uh, move horizontally to move vertically.
0: Yeah, and, and was that Joey who had that comment? Yes. Um, yeah, Joey, I, I mean, I agree largely with what you're saying. Can you throw it back up there real quick, JT? Yep. I wanted to reference one thing. Um, Sorry, see. I'm to it. No, you're good. You're good. Dead air. We love dead air. This is good programming. There we go. Um, yeah, so he's saying around the league, so many teams move the ball and the explosive place on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I, I and that's to to get down to the the bigger picture here. It, it's, I think, a combination of, of two... Bad things for the Titans. Feels like the players that are good enough are playing without passion, without uh, like they're not, they're not executing at a high level. They're playing slow. They're playing like there's not juice there. Do you get what I'm saying? Like it feels like some of the better players on this team. They're like you know what they've got. You know they're capable of it. you're just like, what do you do? Like, wake up, wake up. You play with some juice and they're not playing with juice. Then the other half of the team is guys that just don't have it. Guys like in the secondary and on the offensive line are the two that come two groups to come to mind. They get exposed each and every week, like clockwork, just run through the ringer with those guys. I I see effort. I just see shortcomings. I see serious limitations. And so it's that combination of things that is really not working for this team right now. And that's why it looks like not only are they bad, but it's it's more than that. Like Joey's saying, it is, it's that they they look like they they're listless, like they're adrift at sea and they they, for, they they've lost confidence in themselves. They've lost confidence in each other. Now, the way that they talk, they don't think that's the case because they, they seem pretty in unison about the fact that that's not the case. And, and usually with you could argue the teams teams live players like, yes, but when things are really going poorly, like with the Jets locker room situation, for example, there's always like some things start to leak. It starts to. You know that 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 unified front, that message starts to leak oil a little bit. We've not had that with the Titans yet, so I'm I'm holding off on that so far. Uh, JT, what else do we have from the folks in the comments?
1: Yeah, and then a couple, uh, kind of to round it out here, uh, I'm basically put put a bow on what we've been saying here, and then we have two questions in here about your okay. personal analysis on this game. Joseph sure. says, putting my motions aside, Mike Vrabel is a good head coach, but a terrible people person slash communicator. And when a team is winning, no problem. What one... When losing, it comes across as extremely smug, your thoughts. So, Joseph, on that? you're
0: correct if if what you mean, like to clarify, terrible people person and communicator to the public, to the media, right? Like we from what we hear from players inside the building, from folks that work with Mike Verble inside the building, he's actually a very good people person. He's a very good communicator. Um, we have to take the word for it, because like we don't get to know. But to us, yes, I totally I totally get it. It's the it's the Belichick thing where he's Belichick and a curmudgeon and a little little gremlin for two decades and everyone doesn't care at all he gets a a total pass because he's winning rings every other year that works and then when he's not work working when things aren't going well when they're losing then that doesn't work right with Vrabel right now it doesn't work it worked for a couple of years there when he was finding success and they were winning divisions and winning a ton of ball games and being exciting and, and doing all these things that worked now it's not working as much so I completely agree Joseph
1: yeah. And then AJ comes back in here, like we were saying that if this were to happen this offseason and you sign guys like Willie Gay and T Higgins while getting a stud tackle, people will stop their complaining because because sure. r- sure. right, if you'll stop if you guys, complaining, if, if you get players who actually can execute on an the obvious field. point from
0: AJ, but a true one. Yes, folks yes. will indeed be less upset about a team if that team is not as bad anymore. I agree.
1: Um, And then we got a couple of questions here about your personal um, just thoughts on the game today in some uh, personnel evaluation. AJ asks, Easton, how did Levis look? How does Levis look now? And when Jalen Duncan jumped in, what's the current assessment of both?
0: So I'll start with Duncan. As we always say on the Sunday episode, it's really hard for us to make specific judgments or evaluations of offensive lineman it, it's difficult without being able to rewatch the tape which we'll do later in this week and i'll have more thoughts on it probably later in the week on my social media all of these things but um you know duncan played about a half of football right Some, i think it was about a half the second half for those part
1: whenever chris hubbard went down with injury for, for right like for i mean and that's in just line. to a,
0: lot, a larger point you wonder why the titans offensive line is so bad their starters were bad enough but right now you've got like for the back half of that game you had bookend tackles that are both backups not just backups like on paper but backup level talent at the tackle position in Jalen Duncan and Dylan Raiden's You, you, you know, you're not going to do a whole lot with that in the NFL. That's, that's the nature of the sport. Sorry, champ. Like that's that you got to have that key to open the lock to, to unlock all the other things that you want to do. Um, with Levis, like I said, at the top of the show, AJ, it's, it's infuriating because he didn't look, I mean, two touchdowns, no interceptions through a couple of turnover worthy plays, didn't push the ball down field a whole lot, but, what was trying um, was trying a little bit too hard in the first half, actually. I would argue because he, you know, he's felt like some of those pressures early on he was bringing on himself, being either indecisive or just taking too long with the ball. I, you know, you can't say he's indecisive without seeing the all twenty-two because some of those plays where he held on to it and held on to it, there may have been nobody down there, in which case he needed to escape or throw it away or like live to see another down. So there's some of that, and I'm curious to see on the on the tape whether it was a processing thing more or a really good coverage thing. But that, that's that's the kind of thing where I, I, I'm mostly frustrated coming away from this game because they didn't give us a very good chance to evaluate Levis. He didn't throw a ton of passes, and he didn't do a whole lot in terms of complexity downfield. He wasn't given the chance to do a whole lot, and that's really frustrating.
1: Yeah, and then Jordan Lowry uh, brings up a point here saying any word on Jackson, Kyrus Jackson, that being in, when he will be back, and if he can't come back, why not use Mason Kinsey, obviously referring to the woes of the special teams once again, where Eric another another punt was fumbled, but it wasn't Kyle Phillips this time, it was Eric Gehrer indeed.
0: Yeah, um, the word that I've heard is that you shouldn't be holding your breath on Kyrus Jackson coming back anytime soon. Probably not this season, but certainly not anytime soon. Because what I've heard, that the knee is, is a, a serious situation um, and that it'll be next year probably for him. If he can't come back, which it sounds like he can, according to what I've heard, why not use Mason Kinsey? Um, it's because it takes up a roster spot at a position that they like other guys there. And Eric Garra they felt like, and maybe probably still feel like, I guess, can do that job pretty well. I mean, to... Garrett's credit. That was the first mistake he's had in doing this job for two or three weeks. Now. It's a big mistake. Can't have it. And he's also just not a great player in general. He's, he's a limited player. Um, so yeah, that's the reason why.
1: And then finally, Kenneth going to to finish this off here with a bow because he always has to with Hit you. Me, Hit me. Uh, he says, is there anything Vrabel could do that would change your opinion on him? Yeah. Or is personnel going to be the excuse all the way to the end of this? No, season?
0: no, totally. He well, so it's a fair question. And I mean, Kenneth, if you really were paying attention, you know the answer, because last week I, I gave the, the long term answer and, and I had to focus. I'm trying to find. Um, where I, I just, I had a back and forth with some folks on, on this subject. And one guy basically said, he, he said, it's getting weird how much you're being loyal to Vrabel. It's not a loyalty thing. I don't have a loyalty to Mike Vrabel. I just use my eyes and try to come up with my opinions as objectively as possible as to what I think should and shouldn't be right. Just for my opinion on things. And on this topic, my opinion remains that firing Mike Vrabel is bad for the long term. Success of this team, it would be a foolish decision. Um, so, some thoughts I, you know, I, I said on Twitter, the players on this team obviously suck, but fire Vrabel that's the fix here, very sarcastically. Um, got a response that uh basically was pushing back on the idea that Vrabel doesn't deserve any blame. And, and my response to that was that Vrabel has been very frustrating recently. Like this, uh, like I said last week, it's, there's no denying he's done some really frustrating things, he's done some things that I think are dumb. Saying that firing him is a poor decision right now is in no way saying that he's great, that he's doing an awesome job. It's admitting that nobody, not him nor anybody else, is going to make, sorry, JT, chicken salad out of this chicken-you-know-what squad. I, I, I don't understand why that's so hard to understand. And... um trying to make sure I didn't misquote anybody here just to be fair yeah so your question Kenneth is there anything he can do to change my mind like I said last week I will change my mind on what if he is deserving of staying in this role or not best for this team right now or not once he's given some more to work with right and so like it's the whole less with more thing if if he's doing less with more then I will change my opinion this season it's going to take him consistently doing things that are just like screaming incompetence, screaming uh, like outdatedness, screaming d- somehow do I, I'm trying to think of a way you could do less with do less with more with this roster and, and feel like, well, this roster should be better than that with, and Mike Vrabel, I think she's not getting the most. And, and the honest answer is kind of no. So I guess to answer your question, Kenneth, this season, it would take a lot for, for me to change my opinion of him because next year's the year. Next year's the year for him. I'm very confident that the the temperature on Mike Vrabel inside the building right now with Amy Adams Strunk, with Rand Carthun, it's it's pretty lukewarm, very lukewarm compared to the temperature outside the building. Now, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I'll be very, very surprised if I am from what I've heard, from what I've seen, from what I think is logical. I think that they all see next year as the year for him. Like he certainly is not, He's not got a crazy long leash in 2024 by no means. And this season he can be, I said last week, he's doing less with less right now, which is not good. He needs to be doing enough with less, right? Like just do what you are expected to do with what you have and not less. And he's absolutely doing less. If he somehow continues to do less the rest of the season, which I think is possible, Although my personal belief is that he'll they'll get to these. I mean, I think it's going to be funny. They're going to get this. I think five of their last eight games are home games. I have a feeling they're going to have some sneaky good games in there. So it's going to be random and it's going to be like, wait, how, why, where did this team come from? And it's going to be a lot of furious winning once they're down there, you know, at like three and 11 or whatever, four and 11 and folks are like no more wins no more wins and then they win a game and look awesome in doing so
1: i and could totally i could i could totally it. see on christmas eve Oh, it's us happening. doing us doing a show after they beat the seattle seahawks to get one more win and people are <laughs> furious that they're now out of the marvin harrison junior race or something no, it's like coming. that because bill levis put it's on panic like it's that's going to happen for sure it's going to happen yeah like
0: if you think that the titans aren't winning another game this season i think you're crazy i think you're crazy man i I mean, does, doesn't it seem like a very long shot that they don't win another game? Uh, but, anyways, yeah. So that's that. That's that's my thought on that, Kenneth. Um, I, I think the rest of the season, to, to give you a clear and an honest answer, he'd have to be really, really incompetent the rest of the season for me to change my opinion on this season. Him needing to go and lo- long-term, this year and next, I think that after the season, no matter what happens outside of something unforeseen, incompetency, he's going to get next year as the year right. You got a hundred million dollars to spend in free agency. You've got, it seems you're going to have a very high draft pick to get some, a a couple of really nice players in here to help this team. That's going to be the more you're going to, you're going to get four or five or six or more players that are come in next year. And you're like, these guys can work. We know they can work. We've seen them work elsewhere in the NFL, or we've seen them in college and you got them with the fourth overall pick. And like, you need to go like this guy. He's going to work. A good coach makes this guy work. We know he does. And then next year, if he's not making him work, then it becomes okay. Here he's doing less with more still, and and he's got more. He's doing less, and now he has more. I guess is the way you'd put it. And then it would be yeah, like that. That needs to go. One more thing, Kenneth. Here's what is the most like the most likely, most possible thing that could happen this season to change my mind on Mike Vrabel is you get something. To, to like the damn breaks in the locker room, and you've got players, you know, liking certain tweets on on Twitter and posting cryptic things on Instagram and in their comments to us in the locker room, dropping some things here or there that, like, where, you know, there's Discord with Vrabel. We're not crazy about the message. You get a, a couple players only meetings where there's like links from that meeting, just like d- disparaging the coaching and the message, like that kind of thing. The soap opera side of the NFL that is what could theoretically happen that could get me out on Brable because if this team was out then I'd be like you know what if they're out then you've lost you've lost the room and you can't lose the room and keep losing like that means you need a change even if it's you know for the best for both parties and they go on to succeed somewhere else sometimes that's just what happens I mean like look at Doug Peterson in Philadelphia he's a good coach I don't think anybody thinks he's a bad coach he's a good coach the Eagles just needed, they needed something fresh. They needed something new. The locker room was divided. The front office was kind of divided on Doug Peterson. They moved on. Both teams were, I think both, both parties there were, were better for it. So that's the kind of thing that could potentially happen. Um, I don't have a whole lot more to say on this very uh, informal episode. JT, do we have any more comments we should discuss or do we want to get to the news and get out of here?
1: No, we can just get to the news and then get out of here, I guess. All right,
0: let's get to producer JT with the news then. Hit me.
1: Yeah, let's talk. Let's do the AFC roundup, which is of course shorter because obviously saw one of the opponents today, uh, and the other one is, is continues their red hot winning streak mm. here. Uh, and the Houston Texans who beat the Arizona Cardinals at 21 to 16, couldn't score 22 points to cash that. But we, we no. move, we move on, but CJ Stroud continues to be the guy. Although I think Titans that- fans
0: should become like low key Texans fans this year. That's, that's what I think they should do. This Texans seems really, they're fun. They're they likable. Funny. In my opinion, it's like, it's, it's old Texans. They've not, they've not beaten the Titans yet. And like given them that reason to hate them. You got a new head coach, new quarterback, new fun pieces. Like, It's a fun team to root for. I I feel like most Titans fans would much rather see that this version of the Texans go worst to first win the division and Jacksonville gets embarrassed. Like, that's what I think. I think next week, Jacksonville versus Houston, you're going to have a lot of Titans fans secretly or publicly pulling for the, uh, the blue and red team.
1: Yeah. But CJ Stroud continues to work here. 27 of 37 today, 336 yards, two touchdowns, but uh, the the pressure is, you know, he's, he's fallen back to down to earth a little bit with three interceptions on the day, uh, making some bad decisions, but obviously he's a rookie. So that's uh going to happen Derek says he hopes they both lose so I guess maybe ends in a tie next week maybe we'll we'll have to see one about of them that. has to
0: win the division bro you yeah. want the Colts to win is that what he's saying Derek you heard it here first guys Derek big Colts guy he wants them to win the division
1: um uh, but that brings us to the AFC South standings right now where Jacksonville Jaguars with a win today go to seven and three the Texans six and four the Colts with on their bye stay at five and five and the Titans move to three and seven and like you said earlier they currently have the sixth overall pick in the uh NFL draft this upcoming year. Uh is that it? Do oh we... that, that's it for the standings. No, sorry. Yeah, no, I just I, I don't have that. any thoughts. No, Alrighty. yep. Good
0: good for all those teams. Proud of everybody. Like I think those uh, numbers.
1: What one little <laughs> note, one little tidbit on the show that I had to I had to um I had to include, include here because here um, it just happened like less than ten minutes ago, but Uh-oh. after after your boy Dorian Thompson Robinson got his first ever win today, uh, Cleveland not exactly uh happy or you know w- wanting to move with that because the Cleveland no. Browns just signed Joe Flacco to their oh, no squad. no. So no. could we see Joe Flacco bring no. this Cleveland team on a one last one no, no, last no, ride no. playoff? Clipboard miracle? Jesus
0: Flacco, it's it's clipboard Jesus Joe. It's gonna be what it is. It's gotta be. Gotta roll with DTR. I, no, I mean like, respect so? Joe Flacco, elite player, Super Bowl MVP ring on his on his finger. Don't don't worry about it, Joe. You had a great career and go get that bag, baby. I'm proud of you. Get that money. I, I'm about it. But, but it's the DTR show. But it's gotta be the DTR show. Gotta be. Gotta do it. Gotta do it.
1: Alrighty. And finally, let's do a best bet gauntlet roundup That's so from today. I hate that you, I'm sorry. I hate um, that you
0: told me that. That bothers me.
1: Right now we're sitting on the day. What are we, we are? Four, three and uh, yeah, four, three and one on the day right now. Pending not bad. Couple, we take those four games those? right now. Currently yep. 59, 45 and two. So we will see, uh, you have the Broncos tonight. I have the Chiefs tomorrow. Broncos
0: currently playing. Looks like they're winning three to nothing against Minnesota as we speak. Yes. So, uh, let's decent. We week, could, you know? At best, we could finish what's uh, six, three, and one. That's our, our yes. best possible outcome. That's
1: right here? that's the ceiling right there. All yeah. right. So,
0: let's do it. Let's let's win these last two games. If you're pulling for the best bet, Ganga, which you should be, come on, we make money on this show. Pulling for Denver tonight, pulling for Kansas City tomorrow. That might be a tough pill to swallow for some Titans fans. <laughs>
1: yes indeed but that's going to do it for our news today
0: all right that is producer jt with the news and that is our show today appreciate all of you guys so uh impassioned in the comments my boy tanner Sexton, what's up sexy he says in the comments thinking we might win the division in 2032 not sure yet but looking likely yeah i like that thought tanner well shut the, set the bar low you can only impress from there on out um and who I, just to wrap up today's topic and the the discord here oh where he this from derek Says if he stays, referring to Mike Vrabel, no more excuses from Vrabel supporters next year. He either gets it done or he's gone. Hundred percent, absolutely. You can hold me to that next year if I'm still on the. Y'all got y'all are wrong about Vrabel. You need to pump the brakes on Vrabel train by then. You can bring this back up. So clip it now. Uh, but yeah, I t- totally agree. I think that this is, next year's the year. I've been saying it for a couple weeks already. So this is not a new opinion of mine. But next year is the year for him to, and for this team and a big transition. What they do. The rest of this season into the offseason into next year, the next 18 months or so will be what defines really probably the next five years beyond that for the Titans, whether or not they are back to competing quickly or they are in the like.
1: In the doghouse. I was going to say,
0: like, I was going to say, like the 2012, 2016 Titans, where it's just muck and mire and nastiness, and you're just lost wandering the wilderness. So, uh, a big upcoming stretch for this team. We're going to talk about what there is to discuss about this Titans Jag or excuse me, Titans Panthers game coming up next weekend on Friday's episode, a little Black Friday episode live for you on Friday, I think is our plan. So, check us out then and then uh, midweek. Best show of the week. I already tell you, I'm show I'm easily the most excited about our best bet gauntlet special. The best bet gauntlet segment is taking over the entire show. Baby on Wednesday, JT and I are going to be going through our deeply researched, very meticulous, extremely sharp picks for the best bet gauntlet Thanksgiving games, three on Turkey day itself. And then we're lumping in the black Friday game into that. What is, it? I think it's Dolphins Raiders, Dolphins, Dolphins Jets. Jets, Dolphins Jets on Friday night. So cup. And then the Sunday night, or excuse me, the uh, Thursday night game, the night game I know is really good. Cause that's Seahawks Niners. Um, we've got a Detroit game in there somewhere. That should be fun. I think this year's Thanksgiving slate, one of the better ones in recent memories. I'm excited about the football and uh, we'll be betting it on Wednesday. We went 11 and seven last year, won four units or something. We don't do just straight bets. We do some fun parlays. We do some long shots. It's going to be a good time. We're going to research that as soon as we're done here. Up until Wednesday, JT and I are going to be hitting the books. Until then, for producer JT, I'm your host, Eastern Freeze. Subscribe on Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page. Get those YouTube subscriber numbers up. If you can help us, it's free to you. Helps us a lot, so we consider it a personal favor. Follow us on social media, at Hot Read Pod, on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Until Wednesday, I'm your host, Eastern Freeze. This has been the Hot Read Podcast. Try to enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Talk to you later.